Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And we're excited about the blueberries. And there's always a kill scene at the start of the movie. There certainly is. And... Wow, third one. Nostalgia calms the anxiety down. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because those are spoilers. They certainly are. So... We've got a... <laughs> Here we even, go. All I right. don't even know where to start. This is completely new to both Maddie D and I. So yes. we, for the first time ever, we're doing an actual spoilers double feature. So mm-hmm. we're exploring two movies that we've covered in the past and seeing how close we got to predicting the movie. And so this week, we're covering both The Matrix Resurrections and Scream. Yes. You know what? It's kind of cool that we're doing both these movies because there's a certain similarity between both of them. Uh, <laughs> they're both requels and they're both ah. they're both self-aware requels as well. You're right. You're absolutely they're, right. They, the whole movie, both of them, makes commentary on the fact that they they're both are very meta. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even realize that until right now. Well done, Matty D. <laughs> it's a, it's deliberate, of course, right? That's why we're doing these two movies together. And Merry Christmas, everybody, <laughs> as well. This is our Christmas episode. This is coming out uh, yes. a couple of days before Christmas Day. So I hope everybody's prepared. Everyone's settling in to spend some time with family. Going to have some fun. Just relax. Enjoy the end of the year. Enjoy that little break before New Year's Eve. Uh, and so, what better what better way than by talking about two excellent movies? Excellent movies. We're going to be excellent <laughs> movies. So we're going to be talking, of course, about the Matrix Resurrections and Scream. But if you want to put one of our previous plot predictions to the test, you currently can because in cinemas right now, Maddie D and I, are of course, going to go see this on Boxing Day. Is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom? Hell yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, if you say so. Yeah. It's going to bring out the. It's going to be just like watching The Matrix Resurrections in cinemas. I can guarantee it. So let's start off with talking about The Matrix Resurrections because we covered that one first. Uh, now, it's one that we teamed up to do together. So our points are going to be divided between uh, what we got right and what we got wrong. So Maddie D covered everything we got right and I covered everything we got wrong. Of course, we're going to build up to a big ratio of right to wrong. And then depending on which way the scales lean, that's going to indicate whether we were closer to predicting the movie or not close at all. But before we talk about that, Maddie D, how much do you think The Matrix Resurrections made in the worldwide box office? Look, I... And did you want a little bit of history before? Yeah, share some history. So, the first Matrix movie cost $68 million to make, and it made half a billion dollars. So, it made just close, just shy of $500 million. The Matrix Reloaded cost uh, $150 So, they doubled the budget, essentially. Uh, A little bit more than doubled the budget. It made the same amount, half a billion in the box office. And then the same with the the third one. What's it called? Revolutions. Matrix uh, Waste of Time. Yeah. (laughs) Matrix Revolutions. Same budget. So, they spent $300 on those two sequels. They both came out the same year, which Mm -hmm. I believe was uh, 2003. I think so. And it made... So, the Matrix Revolutions made, of course, half a billion dollars as well. So... Matrix Resurrections, the fourth installment, mm. came out in 2021, I believe. How much do you think it made in the worldwide box office? I'm going to guess it made about five. Do you want to know the budget? Yeah, okay. So it had a budget of $190 million. So yeah. the biggest budget they've ever had for a Matrix movie. That, that doesn't surprise and me. That's also a massive budget. Yes. That's a huge budget. But yes. Sorry, I interrupted uh, you there. That doesn't really change what I think. I think it would be around about $500 million is how much they made. Maybe $800 million. You reckon it made more than any of the other Matrix movies? Uh, I thought you said they made a billion, the rest of them. Half a billion. Half a billion. So, $500 uh, million. So, you reckon it made the same, if not a little okay, bit Okay, well, more. that probably adjusts. Mm, maybe, maybe like $90 million. $90 million. Let's drop it right down. You're, you're actually kind of close because it made $159.2 million on a hundred and ninety million dollar. Wait, budget. wait, say that again. It made a hundred and fifty nine point two million dollars right. on a hundred and ninety million dollar budget. Wow! It was a massive failure, <laughs> a box office bomb. So if the budget wasn't so big, it wouldn't have been such a huge failure. But this was considered uh, one of Warner Brothers' biggest failures in the last couple of years. Jeez! And they released Black Adam. <laughs> so we're really saying something here. Yeah. So, do you Um, think that was deserved? 
Y- yes. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. Yes, it was. No spoilers on our thoughts. Well, if you've listened to our best and worst of 2021, you already know our thoughts on this movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no spoilers on our thoughts. I guess early preview, but this is completely deserved. Mm. And I, no one was really going to watch fact, this movie. No one uh, asked for this movie. My brother said, oh, that's kind of high. <laughs> <laughs> Their box office is kind of high. Don't know, you know, don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> and I agree with him. So should we get into it? Yes, let's go. So Manny D went first. Actually, no, that's not true. We, we did this up. together. We teamed up. We we teamed up to do this one together. I'm getting mixed up with the next one we're doing. <laughs> that's the problem with doing one of these yes. double feature actual spoilers. Is I'm getting confused with what happened. So yeah, we teamed up to do it together. So Manny D is going to cover everything we got right. So mm-hmm. technically, he is going first. Yes, yes, I am going first. So I looked at everything we got right with this movie. This was a movie we did together. So there's yeah. a lot of compromising. A lot of picking pieces from the trailer and trying to work out what's going on. We were basically on the same page, which is something I really enjoyed. Mm. So, listening to it, we were both pretty much in agreement on most things. The stuff that we didn't agree on is what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) But yeah, I I was really impressed with a lot of the stuff that we were just off the bat, like going into it straight away. We're like, well, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. And we were just dead on the money. We we both had a very strong idea of what what was going to happen in the movie. We both were in agreement with that, which really worked out well for us, I think. Well, I guess we're going to find out because uh, watching the movie, when I was re-watching the movie the other day, I was watching it going, shit, I don't think we did particularly well Yeah, I well thought the same all. thing. Oh, man, I'm not looking forward to revisiting what we said. And then when I was listening to what we said, I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> we did much better than I thought we were going to. But yeah, let's hear it. Let's, Let, hear, let's go. Let's um, hear some highlights. So, so we're going to be doing this a little differently than we would otherwise. I'm not going to go through everything we said, yeah. just the main highlights. But do you want to hear the- We don't have time to go through no, everything no, we said because it would take longer than the original time. episode. Uh, do we want to hear the points first or what? what we'll some go the, the points at the end. We'll okay. go highlights first right. and then points. So, I think just overall, we did a really good job calling the oh, main beats too. of the movie. So, I just want to say that right off the bat. And I we think- did say in that original episode, I think we've got the beats of yes. the movie. Yes. Some of the highlights are is that we mentioned that there would be old footage and the old footage would be used as flashbacks throughout the movie. So, you'd see clips of the previous movies throughout this movie. I don't think we knew to the extent that this would happen, but this did happen all the way It was so egregious in that movie to the point where I was just like, it's kind of gross. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm like, remember the stuff you like? Remember the good stuff? Yeah. Well, you're here now. (laughs) You can't leave now. (laughs) This is what you paid for. This is what you got. You'll find the cinema doors are locked. (laughs) The next thing we got right or one of the one of the things we got right in the episode was we said that the movie would take place in a new matrix mm-hmm. and that this new matrix would be set up and created to be a perfect ideal world mm-hmm. which i say is pretty much exactly where this movie takes place and we said it'd be like an exact copy of our current world as well yes rather than like a fictionalized world which was in the previous movies exactly so it was a very stylistic green uh, mm-hmm. surreal world in that original trilogy. Mm. And then Not the case one, in this movie. This one, it's, yeah, like everyday life, but just yeah. more idealised. Well, it does kind of look a bit cartoony. Yeah. But not like in an extreme way. True. But I say we, we were right there. Mm. We said that Neo would begin to learn who he is. We said that he would have dreams and visions of a past life, and that mm. would lead him to try to figure out the deeper meaning to his existence. Which is that's a the whole movie. Guess. It's the it's the whole movie. Well, it's the first half anyway. <laughs> it's it's very much in the trailers, but we yeah. got it right. We said that Neil Patrick Harris, uh, is Doogie Hauser, MD. Doogie Hauser is forcing Neo to take blue pills to keep him complicit. His name is the analyst, I believe, in the movie. Yes. So in the movie, he's actually the guy who's kind of in charge. Forcing him to take blue pills. You said yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To to help his love life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> no, the blue pills to keep him complicit, to keep him in the Matrix. That whole pill thing was really interesting in this movie, by yeah. the way. It almost like it didn't really let's, matter. Let's talk about that later. Okay, all right. But yes, yeah, so that was what happened. The analyst who was kind of the big bad guy, the big boss of the whole movie, is sort of controlling Neo. So we got that right. I don't think we called that he was the big bad guy, but we called that. We're going to talk about that later too. We thought that a main plot point would be saving Trinity. In fact, yeah. we said the plot would revolve around Neo trying to save Trinity, which is exactly what happens yeah, in the movie. Yeah, that's the whole plot. We said that the machines would bring Neo back to life. This was a big call, but it is 100% mm-hmm. the case. We said that Agent Smith and Neo would have a Joker and Batman-like relationship, and I think that was a yeah. really good guess for us. Because With you even describing the Agent Smith being like uh, a sleeper cell, essentially, where he's like a regular guy, and then he gets woken up by Neo realising who he is again. And mm. so, of course, Agent Smith realises who he is again and then sort of snaps out of his sort of uh, docile state, yes. which is exactly what happens yes. in the movie. Yes. 
So, so I thought that was a very good call. Yeah, yeah. So overall, I think we did pretty well. We got the main beats. There's stuff we missed, obviously. But I think overall we did pretty, pretty good. I think I can't remember if Agent Smith was a confirmed character, but the fact that we called it... Yeah, they didn't the time, say he was going to be in the movie at yeah, all. Yeah, but I think at the time calling him in the movie was a, was a pretty good call for us. Because that was a big deal for us because we're like, uh, they're not saying that Agent Smith is in the movie at all. So that means that he has to be in the movie. Mm. And we were so convinced that Agent Smith would be in the movie. And he was. Ish. Was-ish. <laughs> he was ish. I just saw the gay dad from uh, Knock at the Cabin. <laughs> so that was all of our highlights. Those are all the really. Well, I got a lot more highlights out- than you. Outstanding stuff that we got right. And with that, I got uh, 49 points out of that. 49 points. That's not bad at all. So what did we get wrong? Well, stuff we got wrong. So one of the first things we discussed when talking about this plot is it was, it was actually you who brought this up. You said that uh, oh, Neo no. would be blind in the real world since uh, you saw, quote, his eyes were glazed over in the trailer. I rewatched all the trailers. It was never the case. That was never in any of the trailers. And I was just like, in the original episode, I said, I don't remember seeing that in the trailer, but you must have seen something I didn't. I know better now than to trust Matty D in trailer. Sorry, I saw the, uh, the beekeeper. Um, I am somewhat wary of what Matty D says now, so I know not to trust him. I can't even remember saying that. Yeah, you definitely yeah. said it. And so we had this whole thing where uh, Neo would be blind in the real world but then could see in the Matrix, but it was never a factor in the movie because, of course, the machines recreated him perfectly, so he's a perfect uh, reproduction of what he was before. I thought that was obvious from the title, Mm -hmm. Resurrections, Mm -hmm. so he's not going to have all of the injuries and faults that he had at the end of the previous movie, which I didn't see, so I was really sort of leaning on you there for uh, (laughs) details, but uh, oh well, oh well, what can we do? Uh, We thought that Trinity would take a back seat in the movie. This was mainly me who said this. I said, yes. she won't be in the movie as much as she was in the other movies, at least in terms of action scenes. Now, while that's kind of true, she does take a back seat for most of the movie. She's pretty much the protagonist in a way. Yeah. By the end, they, they pretty much say she's like a bigger hero than Neo. And yes. she takes charge of most of the action at the end. So, well, again, the majority of the movie focuses on Neo with Trinity coming in at the third act. So, like I said, that was kind of true, but yeah, I remember uh, that. Ca- I remember counting that as something we got right, but I can see what you mean with it's kind it's of wrong, wrong as in well. saying that she's taking a backseat because she's such a big character in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm wrong in thinking like, oh, she's going to be replaced by another character because we thought that Bugs would essentially take the Trinity role. Now, another thing we said is that we thought that Morpheus would still be the leader of Zion. It's not yeah, the case not the at case. all. Instead, it's a it's a really bitchy old uh, Niobe <laughs> played by Jada Pinkett yes. Smith. She was, if, if someone looked at her funny, I was just waiting for Will Smith to like burst in <laughs> and start Slap. slapping people left and right. And they're like, they're trying to do matrix flips to dodge the, the slaps. That's why everyone is, uh, is sort, of, sort of scared of her because they're yeah. worried about that. Like, we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> my brother, who, who wants to volunteer, everyone steps forward because they're afraid of getting slapped. So I mentioned I watched this movie with my brother who hadn't seen it before. And he leant over during the scene when she was yeah. introduced and said, uh, they better keep her name out of their dead mouths. <laughs> We also thought that the Merovingian would run into Neo before he realizes that he's in the Matrix again. Uh, we were very close otherwise. Everything we said about him was pretty much the case. Yes. We said that he'd be like a crazed uh, psychopath, essentially. Which, he, which he sort of is. Spouting nonsense, which is all he does in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's in one scene and that's all he does, but he doesn't run into Neo before he realizes that he's in a new Matrix. Yeah, so he's he's a relic of the previous Matrix that didn't get purged. Apparently, all the programs yeah. got purged except for these. No, he's an outlier. Yes, so the outliers somehow made it into the new Matrix. Yes, because I guess there was some like they used like the original Matrix as a base and then <laughs> built the the new Matrix on top of that. And the outliers were just hanging around somewhere, <laughs> just hiding. Because it doesn't make any sense why Agent Smith is back. I know we shouldn't talk about this now, but like it really doesn't make sense that Agent Smith is back since he was destroyed completely, and that was the whole point of that original mm-hmm. trilogy. Mm-hmm. Well, at least the climax of the third movie anyway. But uh, if we're going to pick holes now, we're gonna, <laughs> we've got a lot of holes to pick. But anyway, yes. so we thought, speaking of, we thought that Hugo Weaving would have a cameo at yeah, the end of the movie. This is the big thing we got wrong. Hugo Weaving is not in this movie he, at all outside of uh, previous footage. Yes, you're right. Very egregious previous footage. So they had one shot of Hugo Weaving in the whole movie mm-hmm. and it was just from the first movie. Yeah. There's a plane. That's the dangers of recording with the the window open. (laughs) So, it's a nice summer day here. Yes. A little bit hot, but not too bad. And so, we've got Top Gun Maverick uh, circling outside (laughs) our house, as per usual. 
So we thought that the song White Rabbit wouldn't appear in the movie. Both oh. of us were like, oh, White Rabbit's not going to appear in the movie. I know. It is it in does, the movie. Yes. And it's a very important scene in the movie too. Probably the best scene in the movie. We'll it's talk it's about ripped it later. straight from the trailer. Yeah, absolutely. Like the way it plays out. Is like identical it's, to how it does in the, the trailer. It's the same version, essentially. Yeah. From what they used in the trailer. Which doesn't commonly happen with movies. The trailer music is not... It sometimes well, is. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. That is true. That was the last movie we covered where that was the case. So, mm-hmm. I guess this was the period for it. Yeah. So, we thought that the real world wouldn't appear too much in the movie. Like, we wouldn't really focus yes. on... Uh, it's not Zion. It's called something else in this movie. Yeah, it's a new kingdom that they have. Yeah, a kingdom. <laughs> okay. Whatever, a new colony, a new place. That's, that's clouds. Yeah, well, and, and plants. But uh, we thought we'd spend most of the time in the movie in the Matrix. Not the case at all. It's it's kind of fairly evenly balanced. Yeah, I guess so. In fact, I think there's too much time spent in the real world and not enough time spent in the Matrix. That's my own personal opinion. But, like, <sighs> the stuff in the real world is so boring. Let, let's let, 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 leave it. Leave it's it. Leave so it for after. Boring. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> let's save that. So we also agreed that Neo wouldn't be freed from the Matrix until the very end of the movie. Like we thought that like the whole Journey. releasing him from the pod sequence would happen at the very end. Like yeah. it would happen at the same time as Trinity. You know, it's it's funny because we're we're close because. That's Trinity's journey. Yeah, but not Neo. So, not Neo Neo's. gets released fairly close to the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, we thought it would be, like, them being released together at the end of the movie. Not the case in the actual movie. So, it was actually you, Matty D, who suggested that Neil Patrick Harris's character, the analyst, would be the big villain of the movie. Oh! Because you're like, this guy's, like, too big of a name just to be a background character. And I was very heavily against that. I was just like, no, 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 no. He won't be the big villain. They'll just, we'll just save that for the agents and Agent Smith. <laughs> but that was massively wrong. Like, yes. We, did, we didn't see at all that Neil Patrick Harris was going to be the big villain in the movie. No, and he was. Yeah, he was an incredibly lame villain, but we can talk well, about yes, that later. Yes, yes. More than Agent Smith, who did absolutely nothing. Yes. So, we also thought that the new Matrix would have agents in it. It doesn't at all. It took me watching the whole movie to realize, oh, shit, it doesn't have agents in it. So, it has bots instead of agents. Yes. So it has I mean, they're technically the same thing, though. Not as charismatic. No. <laughs> not as cool. So, they're literally like NPC characters in the Matrix who their eyes like turn green and they become just like mindless zombies who start chasing and fighting our heroes. And jumping out of buildings. Jumping out of buildings committing suicide. That was a really graphic scene. Yes, it was. It felt more tasteless like the second time watching the movie. When I was first watching the movie, I'm like, well, I guess this is kind of cool. Second time watching, I'm like, that's kind of tasteless because the way that they like uh, lead up to it is like there's a husband and wife sleeping in the bed and the husband just wakes yes. up and the wife is like, honey, where are you going? And he just jumps, jumps out, out the, the window. window and she's in the background going, ah! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cruel if you think about it. And then you just see like thousands and thousands of people just turning into mush around uh, Neo and Trinity as they're riding a motorcycle. And, he, and he's like force pushing them away, but yeah. then they turn into mush other, like, yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, we're almost done here so we can talk about the movie in a sec. So, we thought that Agent Smith's character would be introduced as the big bad at the very end of the movie. He's actually introduced as like a secondary bad guy, not really a bad so guy. So, he works with Neo. Yeah, which is very confusing. They do have a big fight scene, though. They do, yeah. In the toilet. <laughs> which, which, if there was ever if there was ever an analogy for this movie, yes. that's it. Yes. There was a big fight scene in the toilet. So, he becomes Agent Smith. So, Agent Smith is like a sleeper agent. He wakes up and realizes he's Agent Smith close to the beginning of the movie. But yeah, we thought he'd be revealed at the very end, like the movie would be leading up to him, and then he's revealed at the very end, and they'd be teasing a sequel. Not the actual case in the movie. My final point here, my final highlight, like I said, I think I had about three times the the amount of highlights that you did, so I think our Scream episode's going to be very interesting as well. We thought this movie would get a sequel. Yes, we did. And it's not going to. It's not going to. It didn't make any money and no one liked it. to its credit, it didn't set itself up for a sequel. It kind of did. Maybe it did. It left itself open for a sequel, but it's not like it blue-balled us. It's not like it was a Spider-Man. We didn't see a Godzilla egg. No. Godzilla didn't reform and come back to life. Uh, Vin Diesel didn't drive down a dam and with explosions going around him. Uh, the spot didn't take over the universe. You know, no. it wasn't like a real blue ball-y ending, which is the case with most movies these days. Yeah, because with blue balls, you have to get excited first. Yeah, exactly. So, we just had a, a very interesting <laughs> ending. Very flaccid experience. We had a very interesting ending with uh, Trinity and Neo sort of like flying around, 
circling each other over like a CGI landscape and, uh, and like a cover of uh, the Rage Against the Machine song yes. from the first movie started up and we were just like, hmm, inferior version? <laughs> I very much think so. So that gave us a total of 22 points. Cool. So obviously we did a better job calling this movie than we... I think got wrong. Listening back to that original episode, we did a pretty good job calling it. There are a fair few details, as you heard, that we got wrong. That wasn't everything we got wrong, but I mm-hmm. think that was just everything that I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess the audience could be the judge of that. In any case, we did well. Yeah, we did, we did okay. fairly we did well. Okay. We did fairly well. We di- we we were confident, I think, in the episode, but that trailer was very very vague, so yeah. it could have led us. And astray. it only covered the first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah. So the fact that we could pull what we pulled out of it, I think, Most is of pretty the good. The thing we didn't get was the whole inside joke about the fact well like, let's talk about it yeah Manny uh, D what are your thoughts th- my thoughts on the Matrix yeah. um, Resurrections yeah. not the first one we already know your <laughs> thoughts on that the, well everyone knows my thoughts of this movie I didn't like it at all I didn't like it the second time watching it me and Kieran watched this movie in cinemas we actually bought on a Boxing ticket Day. on Boxing Merry Day Merry Christmas everybody we it's bought been two years we bought a ticket we went and watched the movie that experience was uh, something else because the first of all the cinema was dead um, there was about 15 people right, in the okay. cinema. Well, relatively well, they, quiet. They put us in the smallest cinema in the whole complex to watch The Matrix Resurrection. Yeah, I know. Which, which was know. the biggest movie out that month. Yeah. So, everyone else was watching Spider-Man yeah, yeah, and in almost, the other cinema. Almost 10 years ago, that would have been completely the opposite, right? Yes. Yeah. So, we went- Sorry, and- 20. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 20. Wow. <laughs> 20 years ago. 20 years, yeah. Uh, so, we went and watched this movie and it was interesting watching it with everybody because some people were chuckling, some people were like, but by the end of it, people were groaning and, and moaning yawning. and yawning, <laughs> sleeping. There was one guy who was yawning so loud and he was the one guy who was the most excited. So, when they introduced or when they reintroduced the Merovingian and we had the fight scene in the toilet, he was just like, oh, that's the Merovingian. <laughs> he got excited. And then like towards in like the, the last <laughs> third of the movie, he was just very loudly so everyone could hear just going <laughs> and then well, like, I, be- I would usually be mad but I was so with him at that yeah. point and then he was like yeah go on buddy <laughs> tell well, everyone you know, obviously he didn't understand the deep philosophical you know themes that were in the movie that were very you know at the forefront oh, yes. very mind bending kind of stuff but yeah so we watched this yeah, movie all those like big robots <laughs> <laughs> and we left the cinemas around. we left the cinemas and I just remember you and I it was raining I remember this yeah, so clearly pouring rain, yeah. pouring rain we walked out of the cinema in silence we got in my car we drove to I think we, we were getting we're to the grocery store. To the grocery store in silence, and then just I was getting stuff to make dinner, <laughs> and that was more exciting than the movie. And then some time passed, and we both were like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> I remember we were pulling into the like the supermarket parking lot, yeah. and then you were like, "That really wasn't good." <laughs> and just to echo uh, my most recent experience rewatching the movie, mm. I was just like, "Oh, let's see what it's like rewatching it." And then I again, as I've said several times, I rewatched it with my brother who'd never seen the movie before. And then when the movie finished, he turned to me and just went, ooh. Mm. And I knew straight away, I'm like, yeah, he's with us there, 100%. Yeah, yeah. but so my, my yeah, I, I, and I'm with him too. But I think my main problem with this movie is that it's such a watered down version of what was yeah, originally the case. It was like, she took everything that- This is Lana Wachowski. Lana Wachowski took everything that we liked about the movies and either did not have them there, took them away, or just like watered them down. Yeah. And it was, and it was so. You either have the characters there or don't have them at all. It was really annoying that they would have Morpheus but not have Lawrence Fishburne. Like yes. no matter how how good uh, Morpheus and Agent Smith were, you said in that original episode that they didn't even ask him to come. No, back, they didn't. Which I think is very disappointing. I mean, the character's dead. And he's being recreated as a like uh, a program, so I can understand why he's not there. But like, that's still not a good enough reason. Yeah, yeah. But like those actors, if he's a program, that means that he should definitely be look- the same actor and look the same. Well, Neo looks the same. Well, Lawrence Fishburne's a bit chubbier, but uh, no. Well, and I, I guess they didn't want like his belly hanging out as he's doing backflips and wearing he- those like bright yellow suits. He is so iconic. In those movies, yes. it was a very disappointing decision not to bring him back. And speaking of iconic characters who didn't come back, Agent Smith. Yes, yes, Agent Smith as well. Hugo Weaving. I think that was the biggest oversight of the movie. Like, Hugo Weaving could have easily come back. Yes. Easily come back. Uh, I think they said, like, oh, it was scheduling issues, but that's code for the actor didn't want to do it. I don't think they wanted to pay him. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they wanted to. Well, they had $190 million, so they could have paid anybody. That's like Marvel movie budget, so. Mm. No, it's it's like no matter how good those actors were, and they are really good, 
they're never going to do justice to those characters because those characters were made so iconic by yeah. you know the original cast. So it it was just disappointing to have that those characters like Morpheus and Agent Smith there, but not there. Yeah, and just everything was watered down. The fight scenes were really really lame. Oh um, boy, the toilet fight scene is what really got me. I'm like, why are we fighting? It? How did we go from like a highway, like the most exciting fight scene in all of the Matrix trilogy, to a toilet? Mm. With Agent Smith, like, essentially pushing Neo's face into, like, a urinal. Yeah. <laughs> like, a stained yellow urinal. And I'm like, okay. And like you said, that's a real metaphor for the movie. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, they spend way too much time talking about themes in this movie. Oh, boy. Than they should actually doing things. And the There's whole movie- so much talking. The whole movie is just reminding you that you should be watching the other movies. Yes. Like, they just lean so much on- that It's barely a reboot. It's barely a When the movie's telling you how good the original trilogy is, that's when you know you're in trouble. They're recreating scenes- from the original movie. It's like, you yeah. remember you like this, right? And it's like, yeah, but do something different. Don't just recreate it in a lamer way. So those are my overall thoughts on the movie. I did not like it. Didn't like it the second so time. It's painful. I thought, I thought the first 20 minutes of the movie were pretty engaging. I thought that was the best part of the movie. So when it was still a mystery and we had the whole sort of like meta, the Matrix exists as a video game in this universe. So everyone's aware of what happened in those movies through the video game. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Like that, that was, was funny. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. It was on the nose. I thought it was kind of corny yeah. and lame. Yeah, but that's I'm latching onto something, <laughs> Maddie. I'm like, so they point out the whole thing like, oh, Warner Brothers is going to make this uh, game with or without us, so we might as well get the original team back and make it and then make something we actually want to do. Like, they actually brought that up in the movie. And that and I thought that was interesting because I that's liked something that we discussed in that original episode. And the fact that they brought it up in the movie, I thought that was bold and mm. interesting and kind of funny. And so, like I said, that scene and, we, and the fact that we had White Rabbit in the sort of like video game development scene where they're talking about what people really like about The Matrix. I love that they spent so long talking about like, oh, because it, it gets into your like uh, your your synapses <laughs> yes. and it messes with your grey zone. And, and I'm like, he says that, that so many times. And I'm like, that's not what people like about. And then there was the one guy who's like, what everyone thinks about The Matrix is pop. And then he does like the slow motion lean over and yeah. they show footage of uh, Neo, that iconic footage from the first movie. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's what everyone likes about <laughs> The Matrix. Come on, Lana. Get off your soapbox. Jesus Christ. I, I like that. And I've got to say, I did kind of like the character of Bugs as well. She was good. I thought she did a pretty good job and I enjoyed her. And I enjoyed seeing her on the screen. Mm. Tell you who I didn't like in the movie? Who? Keanu Reeves. Oh, really? You didn't like him? Nope. I th- I, you realise that everybody else needs to try so hard. And I know we all like Keanu and I know everybody loves him. He seems like a really nice guy, but man, he sucks. Yeah. Uh, that's a very controversial thing to say. I feel like everyone was carrying him in this you, movie. You you got to cast him in the right spot. He can do comedy really well. He, he was can, wearing pajamas for most of the he movie. Can, he can do like a stoic guy, but when you yeah. give him more than that to do, it just like he's he gets exposed. When, and he got exposed in this movie. When you give him a lot of lines to give and a lot of emotions to feel. Yes. It really highlights his weaknesses. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because he was talking a lot in this movie and then having to go through a range of emotions. You're talking like this through the whole thing. And he could he could not do it. No. So when he's John Wick and not saying anything. Works great. It's it's fine. Or when he's, you know, Bill and Ted and just going And he's like, doing Whoa. comedy. Yep. Great at comedy. Dramatic acting. I'm being brought back to Bram Stoker's Dracula again. <laughs> All the way back in, was it the 90s or was it the early 2000s? I think it was the 90s. It sounds like it was the 90s. Yeah. Oh, well, where he tried to attempt a British accent and tried to attempt acting. Like, I'm being brought back to that in this movie. (laughs) Where he's a lawyer, a southern lawyer with uh, Al Pacino. (laughs) In The Devil's Advocate. (laughs) Yes. I would prefer that (laughs) to what we got here. So, But yeah, I agree. Bugs was really, really good. She was a highlight. (laughs) By the way, the character's name is Bugs. She's representing the White Rabbit. And she has the line in the movie, what's up, Doc? <laughs> we made a joke in the original episode. Yes. I wanted to give you credit for that because <laughs> you did joke that she was going to be Bugs Bunny and she is Bugs Bunny in yeah. the movie. There you go. I couldn't believe that. But yeah, I liked her in the movie. Uh, you know, Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. She was there. She was there. She showed up. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. Forget about him. It, uh, badly cast, I think. Oh, they, yeah. They should have picked a different badly actor. cast. Yeah. Very little charisma, I'll say, which is odd for Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, he, he is a very charismatic guy. It just was, it didn't fit. Like, he was trying to be funny and then, like, menacing at the same time, and that never works. Mm. It never works. Like, that whole scene where, like, oh, you're trying to run in slow motion and stop the bullet. That scene was terrible. Yeah, that was an incredibly painful That's- scene. By the way, I'm, I'm very shocked that you didn't bring this up in highlights of things we got right. Yes. Uh, we said that they'd have to do something different with bullet time. 
And they certainly did because they had the whole like stopping time element. Yeah, I did. That, I counted that as something we got right in our points because that yeah. was a big thing we discussed. That was that was yeah. And I think a note for future episodes: you're going to be talking about big things that we discussed <laughs> like this. But uh, yeah, they changed a lot of the the action elements in this movie again, which is something we did predict. But did they change? But, I mean, did he, they change okay. it in a good way? Here's here's why I didn't really highlight it because yeah, they did, but not. Not really. It was a lot of the same sort of stuff, but like... So, when I got excited in the than- movie is when they actually called back to the original movie with the action. And when they did new stuff, I was just like, hmm, this isn't really working. Like, when Bugs jumps over the police car at the start of the movie in slow motion, does a backflip and shoots all the agents behind her. And when we actually had agents doing that thing where they, like, they can dodge bullets by, like, flipping on their torso really quickly... I thought that was cool, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is what we like. And then that is such a small part of the movie, and everything else was so lame. Yeah, forget about it. Yes. Forget about lame, it. Lame is a very good descriptor for this movie. Oh, incredibly lame. And, I think and disappointing. Yeah, we were very excited for this movie. We were. The trailer was great. We were like, great trailer. They've got a huge budget. They've got, like, modern technology. Yep. They can do anything. And they chose and, to and- do... Nothing. What we got was a tonally messy plot. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, messy in tone and just a watered-down version of stuff we saw before. Absolutely. And then trying to disguise itself as deeper than it actually is. Should we have a palate cleanser? Yes, let's go. Let's talk about Scream. Let's do it. So, Scream was the first movie of 2022 that we covered, that we did a plot prediction for. So, welcome to 2022, Matty hey! We're finally there. We've only got a year to catch up on now. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so Scream was a movie that I think both of us weren't looking forward to seeing. Not really, no. I was not. I was very lukewarm on the Scream franchise, if you remember from that yes. original episode. You really enjoyed the first movie. You watched most of the- I think you watched half of the second movie. I did, was like, yes. That one was really good. And I'm like, yeah, should have seen the end. <laughs> it was not good, that second Scream movie. Um, and then I remember being like, the first one's like, okay, but I've seen so many better movies that are exactly like this. We're talking about two movies with Jada Smith in it. Like, the second movie had Jada Smith, right? Oh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. Yeah, she, she- well, she's not in this movie. She's not in Scream. No, 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 I know, but- uh, Five or just Scream. As yeah, we're but she's in the second Scream. It's a crazy Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, man. And then when Ghostface stabs her, like Will Smith comes in and yeah, well, we've done that joke. So, yeah. So, it's interesting to to see what our thoughts are going to be on this movie compared to The Matrix, which was something we were very much looking forward to. But we, as we know, this show is all about expectations. So, it's about either going against expectations, meeting expectations, going beyond expectations. Let's see how Scream fares. So... Matty D, I've got to ask you straight away. Yes. How much do you think Scream made in the worldwide... Not the original Scream from the 90s. <laughs> Just Scream don't, straight. Don't straight. make that joke. What do you think Scream 5 made in the worldwide box office? What was its budget? Its budget was $24 million. A lot less than The Matrix yeah, Resurrection. You know, horror movies don't need a bigger budget. They never have big budgets. Yeah. So, I think it would have gotten around uh, 80 mil. Okay. So, it made about as much as The Matrix Resurrection. Oh, wow, really? So, it made 138.9 million dollars with the matrix that was a massive flop within the case of scream this is a massive success yes of course we know this because they made a sequel and the sequel was also a massive success so they're already making scream three before we start talking about uh how we did with predicting this movie scream three is is in a very interesting position at the moment have you heard the news around it no what have not okay so first of all nev campbell uh, we know from Scream 2, she wanted to come back for Scream 2, and she was just like, I'd like some money, please. And they're like, ha, no. Okay. We're not going to give you any money. Like, we're going to give you, like, uh, extra money, essentially. Like, Mandalorian dollars <laughs> for, uh, you, you, you know, being essentially the returning main character in mm. Scream 2. And she was just like, all right, well, never mind then. Huge disappointment. I'm going to just walk just away, walk from, the away scene, yeah. from the series. And she wrote, like, a really nice letter saying, like, it was so great to be a part of these movies, and it's a shame that I'm not going to be able to come back. Oh. I guess in the hopes that they'd be like, oh, all right, here's some money. But no, of course, the studio, like, put their hands on their hips and it was just like, great, we don't want to see you back anyway. And so, like, great, we've got our new cast. It's all great. We've got Sam. We've got Tara. It's all great. And the, the actress who played Sam, I can't remember her name. Um, I should have written it down, but shit, uh, who cares? But yeah, go, go on. So, the actress who played a Sam was going to be, of course, the returning main character in the third, uh, well, sorry, the seventh installment of Scream. And she came out recently and she made a tweet about, uh, she made a, like a pro-Palestine tweet. Okay. So, currently in the, in the state of the world yes. in 2023, of course, there's the infamous war between uh, Hamas and Israel. Am I correct? Yeah. In, with those two parties. So, Palestine and Israel. Yes. As per usual, 
are in the middle of conflict. This is not a new thing, but it's just getting media attention now because they're doing a lot of horrible things to yeah, people. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Again, yeah. as per usual, I don't know why it's like now a big deal, but anyway, that's not my place to to you know make it a big uh, to do on the podcast. But anyway, so she came out with like a pro Palestine tweet. She's, she's like, oh, everyone's focusing on Israel, but they're not focusing on what the horrible things that's being done in Palestine. And then, of course... That's going to cause controversy, yeah. Hollywood was just like, uh, 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 do you not realise we're all Jews? And then gave her the sack on the spot. Right, so she's not going to return for Scream 3? That, well, Scream 7. Scream 7. <laughs> We've already had Scream 3. Yes. The third instalment of, of this, this requel series. Yes. Uh, yeah, so they gave her the sack. She's not coming back. So they've essentially shot themselves in the foot. So they're leaning entirely on Jenna Ortega, which Who I'm sure... a superstar. I'm sure they're completely happy with, but of course, when the when Scream, the movie we're here to talk about now, when that came out, she wasn't anybody. Yes, we've we've got to explore the explosion, the of blossoming, General Ortega. More ways career. than one of General Ortega. <laughs> Matty D just rolled his eyes so hard. <laughs> He's not with me there at all. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, so she's like the it girl right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everybody wants her in everything currently, especially horror movies. They're all about her being in horror movies ever since Scream. So, uh, one thing I, again I wanted to talk about before we get into how well we did with predicting the plot is that I went on and on before we started talking about the plots about how like all the the victims in this movie are related to killers from the the previous yes. movies. Not the case at all. They were just related to characters from the first movie. Oh, there you go. And that was it. <laughs> Didn't I say that? Yeah, you did say that. <laughs> well, no, you just said characters from the previous movies. Right. But it was just characters from the first from movie. From the first movie. And then some returning characters from the, the, the sequel. Yeah, you got, you got that information from somewhere, right? Yeah, I got that from somewhere. Right. But, yeah, it was completely wrong. Yeah. I read it somewhere and it was just yeah. turned out it was going to be completely and wrong. you really and it, tried to sort of work out which killer. Yeah, that's right. And so that didn't help I mean, at all, but in, in, a, in a way, you were close to what happened in the second movie because they used the masks and different masks for different movies. There's a yeah. callback through that. So you're kind of close. We can talk about that to. in the future. But yeah, so with this episode, we did separate plots, unlike The Matrix Resurrection. So, of course, we're going to award each other separate points for it. And of course, as is standard, you've heard one of these episodes before, presumably... Two points for something that we just pulled out of nowhere, something that wasn't in any of the trailers, in none of the promotional material. One point for something that we connected correctly, so something we got the context right from the trailer or promotional material. Half a point if we got something kind of right, but, you know, kind of wrong at the same time. If we're on the right track with something, that's half a point. And then, of course, zero points if we're dead wrong. Yes. Something Matty D's got to get used to hearing for this (laughs) prediction. So, I believe you went first in that episode. I did? Yeah, it was you. Okay. So, I think I, I should break down the highlights of everything you yes, got right Yes, I did and wrong. go first. So, yeah, let me know. So, I went in no particular order of things that you got right and wrong. I just sort of went in the order of what you said. Mm-hmm. And I picked out a handful of stuff that uh, I thought would be was interesting that you said. And you said a lot of interesting stuff. So, <laughs> I wrote, I wrote uh, a fair bit down, I'll just say. So, you started off by saying, and here we go. Everybody should be well familiar with this. You started off by saying you were very, very confident in who one of the killers was. Oh, that's a good sign already. Well, you know what? That's funny. That is it funny. Because I was confident on the wrong person. Uh, we know. <laughs> we're going to get into it. Anyone who's listened to that original episode already knows. But yeah, you were very confident. And then at the same time, you're like, I'm, I think I'm confident with getting all of the beats of this movie. I think I've got all of the beats. So you went in straight away going... I'm really confident. And if you remember in that original episode, I was just like, how? I don't understand how you're so confident. (laughs) Now we know. So, you said that the movie will start with a flashback with a young ghost face and his little brother. They're kids. They're on a swing set. And, of course, you know, the standard uh, falls down, (laughs) scrapes his knee. This is the first time that... The, oh, no, it wasn't the first time. I was going to say this is the first time we did that joke, but no, it was actually in Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City yeah. that you introduced that joke. So, this... This, <laughs> this be, reoccurring gag. It, it, was the, it was a reoccurring gag, but I always love hearing it. <laughs> we still do it to this day. Yes. So, I, 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 like, I like hearing the early days of that reoccurring <laughs> joke. So, your plot started fairly strong, I just have to say overall, like, the things you were saying at the start, I was like, shit, he's, he's actually pretty close to the movie. But then, for some reason, you decided to skip over the bulk of the movie. You went from the start of the movie, like the opening scene, to the end of the movie. <laughs> so, most of the movie and everything you could have drawn points from, you're just like, I don't need to talk about that. Yeah, because I had just, no idea. Let me focus on all the things that I don't know about <laughs> and just make it up. It was pretty much exactly like your Spider-Man No Way Home plot. Mm -hmm. So, if you remember in the Spider-Man No Way Home plot, you spent so long talking about the setup to the movie. Like, okay, so here's our first 15 minutes. I'm going to spend 30 minutes talking about the first 15 minutes. 
uh, two minutes talking about the middle of the movie and then five minutes talking about the end. <laughs> yeah. So that was your plot prediction. Uh, so that was everything you said. No, that's not true. So you said that the climax of the movie will take place in uh, Stu, that's Matthew Lillard's character, in Stu's old house, which is absolutely which is true. true. Yeah. I was like, what? It's not on a farm, but true otherwise. It is on a farm. Is it really? It is on a farm. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. When they panned back. What? I spent so long saying it was not on a farm. I th- when I watched the movie, right, like when I watched the movie for this episode, I was like, oh, it's not on a farm. Stupid thing. I it thought. is on a farm. Well, there you go. I couldn't believe it. Well, maybe like the suburbs have creeped in and surrounded <laughs> it's gentrified. It. But when the camera panned back at the end of the movie, I was like, fuck, it is on a farm. <laughs> Shit. I just wish I hadn't gone on and on about how it wasn't on the farm. But mind you, I had seen four of the screen movies in a single week. Yeah. So, of course, I'm not going to remember every single detail as opposed to your one and a half. So Your brain has been like turned to mush from yes. screen movies. Yes. So, you said that Ghostface will wear a metal mask throughout the movie since his original white mask was broken during oh, the opening scene. Oh, okay. So, the metal mask was something that the, the Stab movies were doing? It was in one doing? shot in a YouTube review of Stab 8 that was in the movie that Richie is watching. Yes. And I couldn't believe that. I was just like, what? Man? Matty D decided to focus like most of his plot on this this one little thing that was never in the movie. Never, no. Uh, this just gives you an idea of like how far your plot was from the actual movie. You said that Wes will be framed for the murders and he's arrested by Dewey. Of course, never happens in the movie. You said that Dewey will rejoin the police for some reason. Like he goes, he's, he's retired, but then he's just welcomed back by the police. Now, in the actual movie, he was forced to retire years ago, which was kind of a sad point in the movie. Yes. But I thought it was funny that they're like, oh, welcome back, Dewey. You're a policeman again. <laughs> Even though you're really old and limping. He's not that old. Uh, For a policeman. uh, (laughs) You said that uh, at the police station, so uh, Dewey has arrested Wes at this point, and then Sam comes along for the trip for some reason because he's just like, oh, I'll I'll just join. Wes was my pal, and even though he's the killer who murdered my sister, I'll come along with you. She's like going through uh, Dewey's coat pockets (laughs) and then finds a bloody knife in there, which presumably he took off Wes and put in his pocket, you know, according to like regular human logic. (laughs) But not according to this logic. But you're like, oh, Dewey's the killer the whole time. And then meanwhile, while Wes, Sam and Dewey at the police station, the two real Ghostface killers are back at (laughs) Stu's house, just running around stabbing people. (laughs) And the whole time that this is going on, and uh, Sam and Dewey come back and they're just like, oh shit, what happened? (laughs) Of course, none of this happens in the movie. No, it doesn't. And then you said the big thing, the thing that you like doubled down on and, and said, I'm so confident on this. You said that Tara, Sam's younger sister, General Tager's character will be revealed to be one of the killer's and you said, I am 100% confident that she's the killer because yeah. she said one thing in an yeah, interview. She said one thing in an interview where she said she didn't want to be the Tom Holland of the Scream, Scream franchise. franchise. But now that I know that she's kind of the main character of these of these next set of movies. I now that kinda, she's become famous. Yes, I can kind of see that what she meant. But when I read that, I thought, oh, she's the killer. Wrong. Which was wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. Could you imagine be- little General Taker being the murderer? It would be so obvious it was her. <laughs> like the shot, like, over, like the, the robes would be too big for she's her. She's so tiny. <laughs> you, you would be able to see the knife because the sleeve would go over her. Yes. It'd be so funny. If she was yeah, the- I wonder who the killer is. <laughs> this little tiny <laughs> little General Taker. <laughs> she trips on her robe. There's, there's a whole different movie out there, yeah, people. I'd love to see that. She has lifts to make herself. So tall. of course, okay. Let's let's get into something you actually did get right. Yeah. So you said that Richie would be revealed to be the second killer, but in your plot, he was like he. he you only mentioned him three times yes. in the whole plot, no. and he's a school friend. So he's in high school, and he's Which- a school friend of Tara's. Which, you know, I know that sounds silly because obviously he's a lot older than, uh, like, he's, he's yes. about our age. He's a little old to be a teenager. But in, in movie world, they do that, so... Well, here's the thing, Matty D. I would be more impressed with this prediction if you didn't say, like, I have no idea who the second killer is going to be, so I just randomly pick somebody. And the person you randomly picked was the killer. Which which is what I did. I just randomly picked Richie. I was like, yeah. uh, could it be... It was either going to be Wes for me or Richie, and I was like, it'll be just Richie, why not? Yeah. Which was true. I can't wait to talk about the second movie, <laughs> calling the, the bad guys there, calling the killers there. So, you said that Richie explains that he and Tara's lives were ruined by the previous Ghostface killers, so they started killing people in the town so they'd learned to value human life. Yep. And they also said they wanted Sam to believe in herself yeah. and be a stronger person. So they wanted Sam to be the hero and, uh, and develop self-confidence. Wow, so many, lives, so many lives were ruined by the Ghostface Killers. Let's ruin some more so people value human life. <laughs> it's so silly. you got to believe in yourself, Sam. Yeah, go. So we're going to force... You know, you you're doing the stabbing in- motion while you say that too. Yeah. 
Oh, man, I love yeah. the explanation. But As per the real movie where they wanted to create uh, a new movie, right? They wanted and they- to create the basis for a better stab movie. Yes. And they wanted to set it up so Sam was the looked to be like the villain when they yes, made a movie right. of it. Because she was Billy Loomis's... Uh, and they were going to live off the fame of being survivors of yes. Sam's killers. Yeah, because she was Billy Loomis's uh, surrogate daughter. Not surrogate. Uh, illegitimate daughter. daughter. Yeah. yeah. And so, apparently, she has, like, uh, homicidal tendencies because of that. And that carries over in both movies, by the way. Mm, she's, like, haunted by the memory of Billy Loomis. Yes. And she's very quick to pick up a knife and stab somebody. So mm. It's interesting that she sees Billy Loomis. Yeah. Even though she never really had- a D-age him. Skeet Ulrich turning up in a movie for the first time in decades. <laughs> I bet he was so happy to get the call. He's just like, oh, fuck, I'll come back. Yeah, I I liked it in the movie, but part of me was like, man, if it was Matthew Lillard, that'd be fun. (laughs) Yes. Well, I saw Five Nights at Freddy's. (laughs) I think the less we see Matthew Lillard these days, the better. Uh, In in horror movies, let's just say that. In bad horror movies. I'm not saying this is a bad horror movie. I'm just saying Five Nights at Freddy's was a bad horror movie. Anyway, uh, you said that Richie asked Sam to join him and Tara as a third ghost face. Uh, not the case at all. He nope. really wants to kill her. And you said that my favorite quote. I'm so, I'm so glad I can talk about this. You said that a clock is a clock is right twice a day. Uh, it is technically a, a clock is right all the time. A broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day, and it's just many right, right wrong all the time. So uh, the movie you that said, was my favorite quote of the episode. By the way, yes, it's it's one of my favorite quotes of all time <laughs> that you've ever said. I just want to highlight that. So. You said that the movie would end with Dewey, Gale, and Sydney bursting into the house and shooting Ghostface with a machine gun, and then we see a sunset, which made me laugh. <laughs> they they do shoot Ghostface. They do. Uh, they they all of them shoot Ghostface. So uh, not well, not Dewey. Dewey dies unfortunately in the which, movie. Yeah, we didn't see that. We didn't see that coming. Oh. But I guess they kind of had to do that because it was part of the whole you know, part of the whole requel yes. plot line which I guess we can talk about a little bit later. So the characters of Mindy, Chad, Amber, Judy, and Vince are never mentioned at all in Matty D's plot. Nope. They're killed, right? Aren't they? I just assumed they were no. probably killed. <laughs> I just, just don't mention it. Yeah. You just didn't mention them at all. Yeah. So it was very hard to give you points when you were saying people were being killed because nobody was mentioned. <laughs> so essentially, Liv was the only character that you mentioned that was actually killed off. Yeah. And you didn't even say that she was killed off. So, eh. I didn't give you any points for people being murdered because no one that you said was murdered was actually murdered. The only person that was murdered uh, was was uh, Richie, who was Ghostface. Yeah, who got murdered at the end. And so the whole reason that this is the case is because you didn't talk about the murders. Yes. You just skipped over them, not realising or, I don't know, not grasping the concept that that's the bulk of the movie. Yeah, look, Kieran, uh, at this particular time- That's like talking about a Fast and Furious movie <laughs> and saying that there's not going to be a car chase in it. So even though I said I was confident with this movie, I think I was putting on a little bit of bravado. I remember at this particular time, I think I was in a show or something yes, like that. And I, did, and I didn't have a lot of time. And I looked, Lazy is what I And I, I looked at the cast list and I was like, oh, I don't know, whatever. Like, And I just like threw something together knowing that I wouldn't have called the movie. So I went into so much detail about every single character in this movie and their relationships with and each other. And then when I was talking about them, you're like, who are these people? Because <laughs> you just did not put the effort yeah, in at all. Well, the way I approached it was I was like, there are so many characters here. I could not be fucked. I'm just going to focus on who the killers are and hopefully that'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, well. Who the lead's going to be and who the killers are yeah. going to be. So aside from the opening scene, uh, yeah, as I just said, you don't describe any of Ghostface's <laughs> murders, which really hurt your plot. Giving you a total of... How well? You're actually going to be impressed by this. Am I? A total of 40.5 points. That's way better than I deserve, sir. So, the thing is, you did a great job calling the end. You did a great job calling the beginning. Just nothing in the middle. Nothing else. So, you got so many points in the opening scene alone because you were just describing what was happening in the trailer. An empty sandwich. So, you got 20 points from the opening scene alone. And oh, great. You, and you got 30 points uh, from, like, well, almost uh, f- another 20 points describing the final scene. Yeah. That's it. Well, look, Kieran, um, out of the two of us, I did call at least one of the killers. Yeah. So, you got to be impressed There's with that. that. There's yeah. that. And that's really all that matters in the end. The whole well, movie, whatever. It's well, who the killers I think, are. I think that's the main point. Doing a good job with the plot is, is what actually matters and not being lazy. <laughs> right, well, lazy or time poor. That's, that's the difference here. Anyway, let me go into how well you did. There's no such thing as too busy, Matty D. There's, it's only too lazy. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Well, given this last week, I think there is such a thing as too busy. <laughs> yes, very much so. So I'm going to go. D and I had to watch four hours worth of movies this Dude, week. Dude, I did like three all nighters. Yeah, I, I did, did either an, watching I did an all nighter on Friday. Or... So 
Yeah, it reminded me of being like back at school, back yeah. at university. Like I had like coffee and I was like just listening to yes. your plots and like allocating points. So let's get into how well <sighs> I did. All right, let's go into what you said and some of the highlights. I've just p- picked out a handful as well of highlights that you said. I, you pretty much called the opening with Tara as pretty much accurately. I gave you a whole bunch of points for that, but the way you describe it, the way you set it up, I think at the start you said that Tara died, but then you changed it to attacked, yep. which is exactly what happened. So you called the entire thing. I'm so glad I rewrote the plot to incorporate <laughs> that because, oh boy. Yes, yes. You said that Judy Hicks would, at the start of the movie, be questioning everybody about the attacks and the yep. friend group would suspect each other and talk about movie tropes pretty much exactly what happened yeah. in the movie you said that Look at me mentioning judy hicks yeah well, you, first mentioned, of all, you mentioned her a lot more later yeah well yes <laughs> yes so first of all uh, i remembered her from scream 4 mm. so i was like she has to be like a major character in this movie second of all i had a massive crush on the actress did you i still thought she was pretty good she got that great mum body in this movie so uh, <laughs> i was enjoying that but yeah so i was like i have to work her in because i really like the actress <laughs> Well, well done, because you got points for that. You said that Dewey would have a limp. Yeah. He does. And he actually mentions it in the dialogue. It's true. So, good call. It, the limp was something that was wrote out. Of Scream of, 3 and 4. the other Scream yeah. movies, but they brought it back. So, so it was you- in Scream 2, and it was written out of Scream 3 and 4. But yeah, I was like, they're going to ring it back. And they did. And they did. And they even mention it. Uh, you thought that Wes was going to be mocked for his cautious attitude and telling his friends to delete social media. Yeah. It exactly happens. I think we see bits of that in the trailer, but yeah. I think that was a huge part of his character, which you called. Uh, you thought the creep, and I think you called him Vince. I can't remember what his name was in the actual movie. It was, movie. Vince. It was yeah. Vince. You thought the creep that followed uh, one of the main characters around, was it Ava or who was it? It was Liv. It was Liv. Yeah, There's right. no character called no Ava. No character called Ava. So it was Liv that he was following around. Uh, you thought that he would be a cool older student that bullies Tara. This isn't the case, but he is- I thought he bullied all of them, not just Tara. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he bullied all of them, but I think you mentioned Tara as well. well I think the, the reason that- uh, Tara they, because it tied him to the, to yeah. the attack. Yeah. Uh, this is not really the case. It's just like a creep that uh, is stalking- Well, he's still a bully. He, <laughs> yeah, he's still a bully. That's true. That's he true. bullies the strongest member of the group. <laughs> he picks a fight with the strongest Chad. member of the group. Yeah. But he is a prime suspect, and he yeah. is killed the way you- he waves a knife around. He does. He does. The way you uh, describe his death is exactly what happens yeah. with the car and the lights and everything else. But look at that describing yeah. a death. <laughs> and look, you get points for it. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> We're learning something here. We learn something every episode, Kira. Yeah. Uh, I loved your joke about right. the guy. <laughs> I did the say that. Bar, I did. So I even said in that original episode, Matty D, you keep making the same mistakes over and over again. You don't learn from the previous predictions. And so well, it's it's carrying over. Kieran, a broken clock is work right twice a day. Yeah, so. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Never mind then. No, this is back in the old days. We've got to say you're much better now. I'm mm. a mature predictor now. <laughs> I just saw Wonka. <laughs> I don't know if many of these learned his lessons. But anyway, <laughs> we fall. We stumble occasionally. Uh, yeah, what I was the next point I was going to say is I just love uh, your illustration of the soda bar that they all meet up at. It's the, just a regular the, bar. The gang all meet up, meets up with. Yeah, you, you had a you had sort of something that you were not sure on. I, I was like, why are they hanging around in a regular bar? They yeah. just are. They, they just, just snuck are. in they to play are. pool. So you didn't know about the age of the the main characters in this yeah. movie. They are teenagers. They're seventeen. They're, they're seventeen, but they are drinking because most seventeen year olds do anyway. So there's a lot of house parties in yeah. this. But I think you saw them at a bar, saw them drinking, and were like, so "Are they college age? Are they teenagers?" Yeah, you, you didn't know if that. And, and then the movie kind of treats them as college age. Well, they are seventeen, sometimes. so they're just about to finish high school. Mm. They're just about to go into college, as we see in the yes. next movie. That's true, which is a whole the whole next movie. Another thing you said that was right is you said that Mindy was a lesbian or yeah. is a lesbian, which she is. Yeah, she is. Good call. Uh, Pulled that from nowhere. Oh, another. A fun- well, I mean, I said three of the characters were lesbians, but <laughs> well, hey, at least one of them was. One of them was. Uh, you were adamant that Dewey would not die. Yeah. And he did die. Well, I actually did start off by saying, well, if, if Dewey's not dead at this point in the movie, but they'll never be able to kill him off because he's a legacy character. Yeah. They made such a big deal out of him being a legacy character in the movie and killing him off being a big deal. That I should have just gone with it. Which, yeah, which is a trope, right? Of killing the yeah. legacy character to make the stakes. They're referencing more Star Wars Episode 7. <laughs> yes. And 8. And, and 9. Yeah, they do that. that. That's the theme of those Star Wars movies. Yeah. Uh, you said that it was going to be Ghostface that was set on fire. Now, it's not Ghostface as in dressed up Ghostface, but it is. Yeah, it's it Amber. It is Amber. So you were right with that. Which is funny because the actress, Mikey, I can't remember her last name. Mikey is her first name. It's exact, the exact same death that she had in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
That's amazing. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was just like, it's the exact same death. We've only seen her in two movies and she dies the exact same way in both movies. Maybe it's meta. Maybe, it, maybe they it, did it, it on purpose. It could be. It could easily be. Yeah, I think... Actually, I think it is done on purpose now that I think about it because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was two years before. Yeah. And they're like, you, and you it's play the, Burning Woman really well. It's the only movie that people would know her from. Yes. So, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Movie smarter than I gave it credit for. There you go. <laughs> so, wrapping up your plot, you said that we'd find out who the killers are and you said that Wes and Judy were the killers. Yeah. The two ghost face killers. So, thought, mother and son. <laughs> you thought that Judy would want credit. Uh, much like Dewey for, you know, capturing Ghostface. So that's why she uh, d- organized this entire thing and she did it with her son. You got to realize, Manny D, that in the fourth movie, she is such like a lame throwaway character okay. that you could quite easily believe that that's the case. Yeah. In this movie, she has a much bigger role and is right. much more serious. Okay. So I was not expecting that from her character in this movie. In the same way that you were not expecting Dewey to be like a big character, judging from how he was in the first movie. Because you remember how you're like, Dewey's the hero of the series? What? Because you only watched the first movie, not yes. realizing that Dewey ends that he up becomes, becomes the hero. The main character, yeah. In three and four, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Because what's her name? Uh, Sydney. But yeah, but yeah Sydney, I know you're talking about. Sydney Prescott. Uh, yes. She didn't want to really be in those sequels, so, so her role was like massively reduced. So Dewey steps in to replace her as the main character. Again, if you'd watched those sequels, you would have realized that. And I think it's obvious watching this movie that that's the case too, because Dewey has a much bigger role than both Gail and Sydney. Mm. But yeah, um, what's, this, what's her name? Uh, Judy was such a minor character and such a throwaway character in that fourth movie that I'm like, oh, they could just do that with a character that no one cares about. And yeah. she was so silly in that fourth movie. And then again, they completely changed her character in this movie. So, it's so silly with my plot prediction in mind watching the movie. Because there's like absolutely no way that she'd be the killer watching the movie. Uh, She does die. Both her and Wes do do die, which is something we guessed. Um, So, good, good, good for you there. Oh, this is something interesting. When you wrapped up your plot, also you said that Wes was in love with Tara, gave you points for mm-hmm. that. That is the case. And you said that was going to be a motivator for him being Ghostface, which not true, but he is in love with Tara. Yeah. Um, you said that- I said that everyone was in love with Tara. Though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All three girls, the two <laughs> lesbians were in love with Tara. That's right. That's right. You said that uh, there would never be a sequel to the movie. Which, wow. Which, and I'm not, I, I, that, may, that may sound like I'm making fun of you here, but I agreed with. I said, I 100% agree with you, Kieran. So we both said that there would never be a sequel. We both thought that this movie was going to be terrible. Let's be yes. frank. As we said up front, we both thought that this movie was going to be really, really bad because Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, all awful movies. Mm. And I really didn't like the first Scream either. So I was just- Oh, like, really? Well, I, I was like, it's okay, but it's I don't okay. love it. Yeah. Like, I've seen so many better horror movies. It's, it's kind of like just a sort of, uh, you know, kind of quirky throwback. Do, do you think that you would have liked it if you watched it at the time it came out? Do you think that- Absolutely not. No, okay. As I said, when it came out, I was already watching much more, like, mature horror movies, much more full-on violent horror movies, which I would have liked much better. But this movie is not about how full-on it is. It's about how, like- Whatever it is. And I I wouldn't have appreciated that as, like, a teenager. It's like a comedy with a horror. Mind you, I was not a teenager when the movie came out. But when I was watching these kind of movies, I would have not appreciated it. Okay. When I was the age- to have watched it in like at a, at a seminal age. When, mm. when I, if I watched it at 13, 12, I would have not appreciated it at all. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I think I would have, but, you know, I actually enjoyed the first yeah. movie. But anyway, uh, last thing I just want to say so about- We're talking about sequels. <laughs> yes, yes. It's got two sequels. Two sequels. Yeah, two sequels. Right after. Yeah. Damn, eh? I guess we didn't think this movie was going to be a success. All good, you, yeah. You, can, so, you yeah. can tell. Now, last thing I want to say about your prediction is your predictions on Gail and Sydney. Congratulations for mentioning them in your plot. Yeah. Uh, and their presence in the plot. Pretty much you called it spot on. And also Dewey's character, you pretty much said was yeah. correct. You said he was going to be like an alcoholic and retired and down on his luck. Divorce from Gail, which you said they were still married in Divorced your plot. from Gail, yeah. So, you know, you called those characters pretty much 100% spot on. And that's all the highlights that I wanted to talk about. But do you want to know your points? Yeah. 66. Hey, I wish it was 66.6. That would have been great. Well, there you go. Not bad. I remember listening back being like, oh, I actually did better than I thought. Because I was really down on the fact that I didn't get any of the killers. Yes. And my my prediction of the killers was so bad. But like (laughs) going in, I was just like, I don't know who the killers are. So I I was just like, let's just go as ridiculous as possible. And you mentioned that in the plot. You've got to realize that the killers 
revealed in those three sequels was so wacky. Like, what they did was so wacky because they were like, you'll never guess who the killer's going to be. So, it's going to be someone who, like, there's no possible way that it makes sense that they're yeah. the killer. So, that's what I tried to do with this. Well, when they actually, when when they revealed who the killers were in this movie, I'm like, it actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, you know, the killers in this movie were Richie and it was Amber. Yeah. And so, the- Sam, who's the main character, her boyfriend is is one of the killers, Richie, and then Amber, who's uh, one of Tara's school friends, yeah. is the other killer. And the whole movie is that they're sort of fans of the stab movies, they're fans of the killings. Yeah, they, they met on Reddit. They met on which Reddit. Which is called Dreadit in this movie, which I love. Uh, and I think, uh, doesn't Amber live in the house? Yeah, Amber lives in Stu's house. Yes. So, Stu uh, Marker was one of the- Stu Marker? Like uh, Schumacher. Schumacher. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> My brain. Schumacher. Uh, yeah, yeah. Schumacher. Schumacher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? We're like Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Stu and Billy were the killers in the first movie and all the murders, well, the end of the movie, the climax of the movie took place in Stu's house mm. and then Amber moved into Stu's house. She realized it was the same house from the original Stab movie, became obsessed with the movies Realised that they were just making shitty sequels, which is the case with Scream as well. And, and <laughs> was really sort of pushing for, like, a better sequel. And Richie agreed yeah, with her. And yeah. they're like, if we, like, set up, like, a, a really good series of murders that makes sense. Then and they can true to the original movie. movie. They can base a, a movie on this and it can become good again. Yeah. Rather than a sold out. Yeah. Watered down Matrix Cause, version. Uh, y- yes. Because <laughs> Stab 8 has... Uh, <laughs> Uh, ghost face in a metal mask with a how stupid is that yeah right? with a sleeveless t-shirt on with a flame with throw. a flame from with a flame flamethrower <laughs> flame so what were our thoughts on the movie clearly we both liked it yeah well i don't know if that's clear or not but yeah well obviously uh, i thought it was a massive improvement on all of the other movies i enjoyed it a lot i think they did what they I think they, they hit all the right marks, right? It was very funny. All of the meta commentary really worked for the movie and yes. all of the examples that they brought. They even talked about like the new Halloween movies, mm. which I thought was great. All, all of the references to other source materials was really fun. Oh, mind you, I'm, I'm going to fucking punch Mindy in the in the face when we talk about the sequel because she did say that she really liked Halloween Kills. <laughs> it's okay. Tara said she liked the Babadook, so... Well, most people like the Babadook. It's just we have a uh, <laughs> we have a certain experience with it. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, personally, I really like this movie. Yeah. I think they did a really good job. It's my it, favourite of all of the Scream movies. It surprised me. I liked the first one, and I think they captured the same energy of, of the first oh, one. Yes. So, yeah. I, I, I applaud them for that. I have to say... Watching it for the first time with zero expectations... Was great, was, yeah. was great, and you'll enjoy the movie. Watching a second time yes. and knowing who the killer is yes. and knowing all the jokes and all the commentaries, it's not good on a second watch. No. And it does drag. This is a great one and done movie. Yeah. But I, I only think- watched this one time and never again. But the thing is, it's an interesting exploration because you can sit down and you can work out the logistics of how Richie and Amber are killing people if you're watching it a second time. Yeah. So, I really focused in. I'm like, does it make sense that they're killing people? Yeah. Where are they at this and point? And they are yeah. very, very clever at making sure that they're in the right place at the right time to kill people. And it's really well done. You can always see when they're ducking off to go put on the costume. Mm-hmm. And so, I thought that was a really interesting aspect, but everything else on a second viewing, oh boy. Yeah, you really feel the length of the movie, even though it's not a very long movie. It's nearly two hours. Yeah, it's it's rough. But these kind of movies, they're not for, you know- Watching it a second time, I don't think they're not. Unless you really, watches. really love it, we're both saying we like the movie, yes. but we didn't like it enough to want to watch it over and yeah. over again because it's it's very much a formulaic movie. And then when you know where it's going, just yeah, forget about it. Like uh, it's like watching uh, something you've seen a million times before, but don't enjoy. Yeah, and I, I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, there. yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on the movie? I was going to say I did fast forward through most of the kill scenes. <laughs> Because I knew what was going to happen, and I was just like, "I'm, I'm here for the plot. I'm not here for the, like the the boobies. Not that there's any boobies. I mean, like you know, I'm not here for like the penetration yes. of the knife. I'm just here to to work out what people say and and what their connections are with each other. Well, for, to give Matty D points, yeah. For for my plot, you could just skip the whole middle part of the movie. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> Since I didn't talk about it. Yeah. What's funny is when I was watching the majority of the movie, I'm like, I know Matty D didn't talk about this scene, so why am I watching that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, I've got to get it for context for my my, my plot prediction. And also it's hard. I know we said this, but both Kieran and I had one of the most busiest uh, weeks. Maverick's back. Here we go. 
Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had one of the most. Oh, that's Santa. Santa's in, yeah, in a concourse. Santa's coming. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. He's delivering <laughs> gifts. It's, it is a busy week for us. It's in the lead up to Christmas. It's the most busiest week of the year for me. Yeah, in so we're, some ways. we're both wrapping up work. And, it, and everybody knows that work doesn't like wind down at the end of the year. It only gets more intense before holidays because everyone's trying to get everything done yes. before you go on break. Yes. And then the start of the year is really intense as well. Yeah. And so, yeah. And you want to set yourself up for a good start of the year. Yeah. And then when you have a big family like I do, Christmas is always very stressful or yes. like the pre-Christmas lead up. If you've seen the the Christmas episode of The Bear, that's what every one of my Christmases <laughs> is like. <laughs> Dear. <laughs> But yes, so it was it was very hard trying to squeeze four hours worth of uh, movie watching in, and I also saw Wonka as well. So it was wow, at least six hours. Movies. It was six hours worth of movie watching just for this podcast. Yeah, it was it was hard. So I don't blame you for wanting to fast forward. It's not a statement on the movie. Oh no, I did fast forward. No, I know, I, I had know. to. I know. I'm saying I don't blame you for that. But I had seen the movie before, so yeah. I knew what was going to happen. So I just fast forwarded through the bits that I knew. But yes, anyway, that's not a statement on the movie. As you just said, we both really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. Out of the two movies of this episode, I think this was the better one. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think this is the movie that most people like. Yes. Who would have thought that like, well, actually, no, I was going to say, who would have thought that like the big franchise failed where they're like the other one didn't. But then you got to remember that Scream is a big franchise well, yeah. that existed before the Matrix was ever a glint yeah. in the Wachowski's eye. Scream is a big franchise. Also, this is the decade of, of horror movies of this kind oh, of yeah. horror movie as well. Yeah. So it makes sense. If you do a good horror movie that hits a chord, then you're off to the races. By the way, this was easily the goriest of all the Scream movies. Oh, yeah? And I've got to say, it really benefited from that, too. Like, it made the, the gore scenes a lot more fun for, mm. like, a, you know, a gore hound like me, <laughs> which is probably why I enjoyed it better than any of the other ones, because the yeah. other ones were so They're not tame. really that violent. No. I mean, people are dying. But- well, they're, like, targeting, like, a teen audience anyway, because that's who the, the movie's aimed at. And yeah. You can tell that from the cast which is why they completely recast all the main characters in this new series, you know, to go back to that. But anyway, you, the dear listener, what are your thoughts on both The Matrix Resurrections and Scream? Which of the two movies did you prefer? Did you like neither of them? Did Did you you like like both both of them? them? Yeah. You can let us know in several places. Also, Merry Christmas. Let us know what you got for Christmas. This episode is what you got for Christmas. Yes. This is our Christmas present. I hope that you're listening to this episode in between Christmas dinner yeah. and like the going home on yeah. Christmas Day. When, when you duck out from your family fight, you know, yes. the, the uncle has said something co- politically controversial. Yeah, they're throwing forks at each other. You can try, duck into the other room. and trying to eat seven fishes. You can sip some eggnog and you can listen to this episode. Yes. So I hope you're enjoying this as a Christmas present on Christmas Day. And we're going to catch you next time on New Year's. So look forward to that too. But yeah, so let us know what your thoughts are on the Scream movies. You can contact us on our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and X. I don't think Instagram and X have been updated for quite a while because Matty D is in charge of that. But, so go but to Facebook there. if you want up-to-date stuff. But uh, otherwise, you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com or you can simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Matty D. Yes, Kieran. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I couldn't think of a better gift than talking about both The Matrix Resurrections and Scream, two movies we saw during the Christmas season. Yes. Before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. And I'm excited. We've only done like a movie talk a couple of episodes ago, and we had such a good time in that episode, we thought, let's do another one. Let's do it all again and have a great time. So next week, we're actually going to be doing a sequel to the first movie talk episode we did this year. Uh, we did a, an episode on uh, like 2003 time capsule yes. where we went and looked at all the movies in 2003 that were really important to us and that we really liked. And so we're going to do that again. But this year, the year of focus is going to be 1993. Yes. So we're going back 10 years further. We're going back 30 years ago. And we're going to talk about all the movies that stood out to us in 1993. It was a year before possibly the best year of movies we talked about when that episode. So we only talked about 1994 in movies a couple of uh, weeks ago. And we're going to go a year earlier and see if 1993 is just as good, if not better. So I cannot wait to have that conversation, Matty D. I I feel like I could have it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) So yeah, please join us next week for that because that's going to be a great conversation. And until then, we'll see you next time. Punching holes in walls, car chases, helicopter attacks, huge fight scenes. And then the kung fu. I still know kung fu. Oh my god, he's making a requel. A what? 
Or uh, like a sequel, fans are torn on the terminology. God, please speak English. Okay, remember the Stab movie that came out last year? Oh yeah, the one the Knives Out guy directed, right? You know, I actually really liked that one. Of course you did, you have terrible taste. I hate you. <laughs>